The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for being with us. I think this is going to be an outstanding addition because Saturday may be one of the greatest days of racing ever. Belmont Park has put together an amazing card. Of course, I think you're going to want to play the multiple wagers, which you can throughout the day. And, of course, all eyes will be on the kid from California, California Chrome. Will his name be along the side of great horses like Sir Barton, War Admiral, Whirl Away, Count Fleet, Citation, Secretariat, Seattle Slough, and the last horse to win the Triple Crown, Affirmed. We will know in about 48 hours. And to help us try to break down the Belmont and the unbelievable graded stakes card that accompanies it will be Dan Illman, a very popular guest of Winning Ponies. Of course, he's the handicapping editor and host of the Daily Forum News Desk. You can also see him on a lot of video broadcasts. Uh, he had a great one today uh, with a new edition called Belmont Stakes Call. He was accompanied by Matt Bernier. Uh, they did a great analysis, and uh, that will be back, back up on their site, I believe, uh, so you can see that tomorrow. And then the, my main man from Kentucky, Mr. Marty McGee, Eclipse Award-winning writer and a guy that has his ear to the heart of the pulse of thoroughbred racing. Looking forward to listening to both of these guys break down the Belmont. So it will be all things Belmont. And uh, in celebration of this great mile-and-a-half race, uh, Winning Ponies is putting on a Belmont contest. Uh, just go to the site. It's free. Don't worry about it. Uh, you don't have to be a member. You don't have to buy anything. Top spot, $250 cold cash. Second spot, you're going to get 50 winning credits. Of course, they can be used to buy the fantastic easy win forms. Third place, 25 winning credits. And then uh, we're really kind of expanding the program. Uh, we're uh, paying all the way down to 12th. So four through eight, we'll get, how about this? Let's hope he wins a $2 collectible win ticket on California Chrome. I'm guessing uh, James Messery's over there at Belmont uh, pocketing these uh, uh, tickets uh, for souvenirs, and we're going to give them out to four people that hit the board on our contest, though it's an extended board. Uh, and if for some reason California Chrome doesn't win, you'll get a winning ponies cap. And then our friend Curtis Cody, well, he's donated calendars for winners 9 and 10 and a really cool Wise Dan poster uh, for finishers 11 and 12. And the listener that comes up with the closest time will win a Winning Ponies T-shirt. So just go to the site, winningponies.com, 
and the contest is up. Well, uh, let's uh, peruse what we will be talking about and looking at on Saturday. Just an unbelievable card. <coughs> All right, well, the graded action picks up in the third race. It's the Brooklyn Invitational. This Belmont distance, a mile and a half, and they say the horse to beat in here is Cat Burglar, a four-year-old unbridled song brought in from the West Coast by Bob Baffert. Rosie Napravnik will ride. In the fourth, the Jayapur Invitational, grade three, $300,000. They'll be going six furlongs on the weeds. Top spot goes to a gritty veteran, eight-year-old gelding Ben's cat, but he's pocketed $1.9 million. This has put him over the $2 million mark. And then it's the Woody Stevens, the grade two, half a million dollars up for grabs, seven furlongs in here. Social inclusion, I believe, making a smart decision, uh, staying out of the Belmont and dropping back to this distance with his speed. He's going to be very, very dangerous if he's not a little tired. Then we get grade one action in the TVG Acorn going a flat mile. And my Miss Sophia, the runner-up in the Kentucky Oaks behind Untappable, is tagged as the favorite in there. Then another grade one, the Ogden Phipps, a million dollars up for grabs. And in this race, you can't split them. You've got Close Hatches, Beholder, and Princess of Silmar going to post. It'll be interesting to talk to Dan and Marty to see who they like among that bunch. Then it's the grade one just a game. Maybe pretty wide open, discreet mark, getting the slight nod in here from the handicappers. And uh, in the ninth race, it's the Met Mile. That's right, they moved it from Memorial Day just to be on this card. And in here, you've got Palace Malice, who just loves Belmont Park. He'll be the one to beat, but I know my boys think there's a couple horses in there that got a chance to do it. Then we go to the million-dollar grade one Manhattan. They say the one to beat in here is Seek Again. If you recall his last race in the Turf Classic at Churchill Downs, just finished ahead behind multiple Horse of the Year, Wise Dan. The Belmont Stakes will be the 11th on the card, and that's the race we'll be keying in on this evening. Obviously, you know who the main players are in there. Just an unbelievably fantastic card that they've put together at Belmont Park. We'll see if a Triple Crown winner is going to be, in fact, crown. Uh, California Crone, the favorite in there, installed at 3-5. to five. Uh, You can't make a whole lot of money betting him, but hopefully we'll find some horses to put underneath. He's now got a sponsor. He's sponsored by Skechers, uh, the footwear company. Uh, uh, company officials accordingly said that the deal is probably the largest ever reached in horse racing. How about that for footwear? I, I think he'll be wearing his regular shoes on Saturday, but we'll see what we're going to do with some of the advertising. And like they said, they said it's not that often you have a triple crown contender, and uh, they said they've got a great chance to be a part of history. They expect fantastic television ratings, so uh, Skechers will uh, be the sponsor of California Chrome, and he's, uh, I believe, signed on for at least a month after the race. I believe you have to go back to uh, 2008. The last time a horse was sponsored in the the Belmont, it was uh, Big Brown. Of course, Big Brown, kind of a nickname for United Parcel Service, UPS. So uh, 
We'll see what kind of footwear he's got. Well, looks like the trend continues. Santa Anita, Keeneland, now Delmar. Delmar is going to install dirt surface. As a matter of fact, very similar to Santa Anita's. The material is known as El Segundo Sand. It's a locally based soil named for a portion of Southern California from which it comes from. And they're collecting the same material and preparing it for installation. Uh, and uh, they hope to have it in in the months ahead, which tells me... All these guys are thinking Breeders' Cup because, as we know, uh, so many of the people prefer to run on dirt traditionally, and so one more poly track track goes away. Um, uh, lost a real promising sire in Noble Causeway. He's the sire of Samrat that we'll get to see compete in the Belmont uh, on Saturday. He was uh, the cornerstone of uh, my Meadowview farm. He was only 12 years old. Uh, but he had been suffering from laminitis in recent weeks and uh, had not been breeding any mares since May. So uh, a big loss uh, to the racing program in New York. Uh, of course, he was from the very first crop of Giants Causeway. Uh, he earned $360,000 for uh, Nick Zito and with uh, three wins at three and four. So uh, that's sad to say in the breeding program. And some good news is uh, our friends at Old uh, old Friends, Michael Blowen, I ran into him this week at uh, Belterra Park. It looks like Eldifer, the winner of the 2010 Breeders' Cup Marathon, will be taking up residence there. And uh, also along with him came his two companions in two goats, called Google and Yahoo. So uh, Michael Blowen, he lost a lot of uh, very good horses this year, and it looks like uh, he's uh, giving some homes to some other uh, top stakes horses that are definitely worth it. Quick look at some of last week's results. Uh, Frack Daddy, here's a horse. He's going to miss Polly Track going away. Absolutely loves it. He romped in the Eclipse Stakes uh, up in uh, two Grade two, $202,000 at Woodbine. He's trained by Kenny McPeak. Uh, so Frack Daddy uh, still making headlines, but he's going to have to shop around for his poly track tracks. And uh, in one of the races we looked at, the horse we thought couldn't be beat, Fury Kapuri was upset by Clubhouse Ride, another really talented son of Candy Ride. What a uh, hot stud right now he is. Uh, so that's a, that's a look at kind of what happened uh, last week and a look at the preview of the Belmont Stakes. And uh, my producer tells me that we've got Marty McGee on the line. So enough of my talk. Let's take a quick break and get back with Eclipse Award-winning writer Marty McGee. You're listening to Winning Ponies. to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, one of my favorite people in racing and one of my favorite uh, columnists and writers, uh, so happy he won the Eclipse Award last year for his outstanding writing for an article he penned on uh, uh, Kent DeSormo that was just uh, an amazing, amazing article. Of course, he's been covering Kentucky, Florida for the forum since back in 1992. Uh, he hails uh, from Louisville, not too far from the shadows of the spires of Churchill Downs. And right now he's uh, in the Big Apple uh, covering some of the top races, uh, not only the Belmont Stakes, but he's keying in on some of the other races because, uh, as he said, it's all hands on deck with this many graded stakes races. With us right now, Marty McGee. How you doing, Marty? Good, John. Good to be with you. Thank you. Well, thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule uh, covering the, the just the, the fantastic card that they've they've put together. I I do know that you'll the press box. Uh, I'd like to see their uh, their handle at the end of the day, just from you guys up there, because uh, I know some of the crew that's up there. You guys aren't shy about going to a betting window. But um, before I, I, I move on to keying into some of the races, I know you're specifically covering, and of course the Belmont Stakes. Um, are you getting any vibe? You know, it's not every year we're going for a triple crown. Is there, is, is there a certain ex- excitement, exhilaration in the air that, that this horse could potentially do it? Oh, I think so, John. I mean, I, I just think that the coverage and the attention given when you have a triple crown on the line here in New York, it's, it increases almost exponentially. It's like, uh, you know, the, the Belmont is a great race in and of itself, but it just means so much more when you have a, a horse like California Chrome going for the going for the triple crown. You know, it's been six years since uh, this has happened. That was Big Brown back in 08. That was actually the last time I was here in New York was uh, was for that. Um, and before that, I was, I've actually been here. I was counting them up. I've been here for Charismatic going for it. That was in 99, and I was actually here in 87. 
for Ali Sheba, and of course, none of them won since I was playing baseball in Louisville when I was 18, and uh, and a firm one, and I stopped the game. To I was the catcher. I would not go out for the next inning because we were all going to listen to the Belmont on a transistor radio. <laughs> a firm beat Alidar, but. Uh, yeah, well, that's I mean, great, it, it's but I'll just, tell you uh, what, if I knew about your history with these other horses, because they were all part of the heartbreaks, if I was Art Sherman, I would have stopped you at the airport and had you on a bus <laughs> going to uh, East Rutherford or something. <laughs> Which is where I actually lived for a few months when I first started with the form back in 92, is uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's really been exciting to to see people namely the media and just kind of everybody uh, kind of glom on to Victor Espinoza and, and Art Sherman and his son Alan's such a nice guy and, and these owners who you know raised the source from day one and it, it's just a, a neato story and um, you know this is not a one to five shot he's not going to be one to five there is a pretty decent cast all taking shots at him on Saturday, I, I would imagine, I saw one of the Vegas lines, John, that had him even money, which I think is a little high. Um, they laid yeah. him three to five on the morning line, which is about right. Um, but it's no slam dunk by any means, and um, I, I'm very in, interested to see how the race unfolds. There's, As you know, there's 11 in there, but there's only probably three or four who could really give him a run early. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how... Uh, Victor Espinosa kind of gets him out there and see what he does the first quarter mile or so. I think that's really going to play a key uh, key role in, in how the race uh, results. Well, of course, they, they call the track Big Sandy. I mean, uh, I believe they can run a mile and an eighth one turn there. Uh, your whole perspective is different. Uh, do you think it would have been advantageous for for Espinosa to to maybe been out there for a couple of days? I know he's won races at Belmont, but to kind of reacquaint himself with it, uh, does he have well, any he, mounts on the on the bottom of the card? Uh, I I just think it, with something as significant as this, I would have said, "Hey, yeah. California, I'll be back later. I've got to go get some mounts at Belmont." Yeah, he did that. I think he rode. I, I think he rode this weekend. He actually won a race today for Bob Baffert. He won the uh, second to last race on the card. And uh, he's been here a lot. I, you know, he was on Letterman and uh, made a number of media appearances. I think he went to the New York Stock Exchange, and and uh, he's been all over the place. Get poor kid's probably exhausted. I hope that maybe tomorrow he'll get some rest or something because, <laughs> uh, you know, he's at the Yankee game throwing out the first pitch, and uh, he's been very active here in New York. Well, it, it, it's got to be pretty exciting, of course. He was uh, going for the, the Triple Crown on War Emblem, but kind of lost all chance pretty much shortly after the gates opened. Uh, he, uh, I believe, uh, stumbled rather there, and he was a speed horse. And, of course, speed horse, that, that has to go a mile and a half. Uh, I think it compromised his position. So uh, this is his chance for redemption. Um, it's, just, it's just such a fantastic story. It, it, it seems like no matter who you talk to, um, you know, and everybody wants to, you know, pick a 10 to one shot and say, Hey, I won the Belmont. Everybody I've talked to in the business is like, Hey, you know, I'm behind California Chrome. How can you not want this horse to win? Yeah. You know, I'm kind of tired of, like I said, I was 18 when affirmed one. And so I've pretty much my whole adult life been waiting for this to happen. We've had what, 11 or 12 of them who have not won. There were some, 
I remember when they were getting in the gate, John, six years ago when I was here, I said if Big Brown doesn't win, because he was one to five. This horse on Saturday is not one to five. Big Brown was one to five. I said if this horse doesn't win, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to see one win. So, and we all know how that turned out. So I, I just really, you know, I, I, I always said I wanted to save the triple crown for my brother. I mean, if a guy like Art Sherman can just appear from out of, literally out of nowhere to be on the cusp of winning the Triple Crown. Why can't they say what for Paul McGee or Ron Ellis, my brother-in-law or somebody? But uh, anyway, it's about time that it happened. I think there would be some genuine uh, emotion from a whole lot of people who are very important to this industry if it's one. Um, I I agree with uh, Frank DeFore was on NPR this morning. I read about it uh, saying this would not be the shot in the arm that the horse racing industry might think it might would be, but uh, nonetheless, it sure would be a great thing and would give a lot of overdue attention, I believe, to our sport. It, it, it certainly would, and of course, uh, one guy who this time of year, when this situation uh, comes up, is, is if Steve Cawthon. As a matter of fact, I drove by his Dreamfields farm uh, this morning on the way into work, and even Steve's going on record saying, I'd love to see it happen. You know, he, he's yeah. not holding back anything, saying, "Gee, I want to be the only jockey uh, in in you know modern times that that won a triple crown." He he, he wants it to happen, and he says it couldn't happen uh, to better people. And, and Penny Shannery said the same thing. And, and it's just neat to see so many people, you know, be behind this horse. And I, I pray it happens because I've been at many a racetrack when when we had the, the close calls with. Big Brown and, and Smarty Jones and Funny Side, and I'll tell you what, it goes from one huge festive party to a funeral in about ten seconds. Yeah, it is. I was so well. You remember here six years ago when Big Brown lost? It, it was the day that the toilets went bad, and the, it was so hot and humid. I just mean I remember being so disgusted and just like, get me out of here. And I went back to my hotel and did nothing. You know, all that was the end of it. Got up early and left. And uh, it is just like a big, you know, when it's done. So, um, you know, I was at, again, I was at the John, track and people left in there. beers yeah, on the bar and walked out. And you know that doesn't happen in a race right track. Right on Some good ones. <laughs> well, while I've got Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum, uh, let's get let's get right into it. A mile and a half at the Belmont Park. It is the Test of Champions. Odds are none of these horses will race this distance again. Marty, how do you see the race setting up? Well, it's something on our website today. Jay Priven did a little video, and like that was one of our focuses was how is this going to shape up? Because you've got tonalists to early in his career with a comfort behind her, he could maybe go. You've got General Arad, who maybe could go. You've got Sam Rat, who early in his career was a speed horse. He maybe could go. But other than that, John, nobody else is going to go out there with him. So, you know, again, I, I just think that it's going to be very key as to the decisions made by Victor Espinosa early in the running as to how this thing ends up. Ideally for him, somebody will be on the engine and maybe running off almost, just being a little too keen, and him sitting there in a, in a nice little garden spot. Now, obviously, he doesn't want to get in, the, in a pickle. He doesn't want to get boxed in because I guarantee you the other 10 jocks in the race are all going to be looking at him and seeing what he's doing because he's the horse to beat. But um, as we all know, he was proved very handy in both the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, a clear-cut winner. 
I actually picked him. I usually am a contrarian, you know, the way us gamblers are. Um, <laughs> don't want to go with the flow. But, I, again, I'm, I'm just kind of tired of it. I want to see him win. I think he will win. And um, I've got a, him over General Arad with Tonalist and uh, actually Dale Roman's horse, Metal Count, who I saw work last Saturday at Churchill when I was still in Louisville. Uh, I got him four. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, California Chrome, General Arad, Tonalist, Metal count. Well, I must say, uh, great minds uh, think alike. You know, I, <laughs> I, 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 I am very much in, in step with you because I, I wanted metal count. I was looking for my price horse to get in my tries, and that was metal count. Uh, Tonalist, I think, will get some good backing. Um, I thought it was very interesting. And, and tell me, perhaps you know, Marty, uh, you, you're back there. Was it Joel Rosario and his agent's decision to stay with Tonalist, or was uh, uh, the connections of Ride on Curl and looking for a replacement and taking Johnny V? Do you have any idea? Yeah, it was a former. It was uh, Ron Anderson and, and Rosario said after the Peter Pan, we're going we're gonna to stick with Tonalist. You know, they have obviously a ton more business um, past and future with Christoph Clement, the trainer of Tonalist, so it's in their best interest to you know, be nice to him, as opposed to Billy Gowan, who uh, is the trainer right on Curlin. And Steve Hobby came up with a great line Derby Week. You might have read something where I, or I think it was Preakness after the horse had continuously changed jockeys. And Steve Hobby came up to Billy Gowan one morning and said, "Who's right on Curlin is it anyway?" You know, so it's like which <laughs> literally going to ride it. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. He had Calvin Brawl in the. And the uh, Derby and then Rosario and the Preakness. Now he's got Johnny V in, in the Belmont. You don't see that happen every year. No, I. But uh, and it's not every year that Johnny V is available. So he was a he was a very lucky man. Well, Marty, I, I know you're walking the beat back there, and they've got so many great races. Uh, the staff of the Racing Form is kind of uh, spread around to key in on some of these other good races. Um, I know one of the ones that you're covering specifically is the Woody Stevens, and uh, it. it uh, I'm be interested to see who who you like here. It, it's pretty much a wide open affair, I think. It is. You've got a seven to five morning line favorite in social inclusion, but I think he's hugely beatable, John. I mean, this is a horse they kind of, I wouldn't say kind of messed around with or, or messed him up, but they were thinking about the mile and a half, mile and a half Belmont until early in the week, and they finally said, "No, we're going to try him in the Woody Stevens." And I, I just don't think that's going to work. He is well drawn toward the outside of those 11 of 13 three-year-olds, but uh, I've got to go elsewhere. I spent a little time yesterday with Gary Stevens. He said he's going to send Bayern from the from his rail slot. There's a bunch of other horses in there coming out of the, uh, the, the race in California back on May the 10th and out of the Gotham. There's a couple out of that one. And uh, I just thought it was a way wide open race. I'm going to settle on Bayern, but sprinkle in a bunch of long shots and throw out the favorite social inclusion. I just think that uh, they've asked way too much of him to this point, and the seven eights I, I don't think is necessarily going to work for him. Well, it will be interesting. Baffert's known to do this in a big race. Uh, he's he's putting blinkers on. I think you just got to put a line through the Preakness. Uh, he had trouble early, and his race was over for a horse that uh, pretty much his success has been uh, on the engine, as you like to say. 
Um, then, then we go to a, a million-dollar race, uh, the Ogden Phipps. And I'll tell you what, anybody that's m- making multiple wagers, if you don't put three horses on your ticket out of this race, you're probably crazy. Uh, I think it'll take a piece of paper to separate Close Hatches, Beholder, and Princess of Silmar. I mean, their resumes are just fantastic. Well, of course, yeah. Beholder was the three-year-old Philly champion last year, won the Breeders' Cup Distaff, in which Close Hatches was second. Uh, that was the race in which Royal Delta was a favorite and didn't get anything. Princess of Silmar obviously disappointed in this race, but uh, I wrote a rather lengthy advance on this race. It's going to be in the Saturday editions of the Racing Forum, just kind of letting uh, Dick Mandela and, and Todd Fletcher talk about their fillies. Uh, Beholder is seven to five on the line in a field of six. Princess of Silmar is nine to five, and Close Hatches, who actually I wrote, she's the leader in the clubhouse at this early juncture in the in the division, having won the Azari and the Apple Blossom at Oakland. She's in great form too. So I think Gary Stevens might have a little advantage in here with Beholder having drawn outside as the outside speed, and uh, that's why she is a seven to five favorite. Uh, Princess Silmar nine to five and. Close hatches five to two. Those three, I'm sure, will separate themselves from the other three long shots in the race. They kind of fill in the race. So, if you're going to bet the race, you're probably going to want to bet a cold try one way or the other. I, I think Beholder probably has the edge, but I know that Todd's really confident in the kind of trip that Princess Silmar is going to going to have, and and he says she hadn't skipped a beat in her training, and I wouldn't be surprised if close hatches and and Beholder go ding donging. If Princess of Silmar sweeps them, sweeps past them both down the lane. But uh, in any event, it's a tremendous race in, uh, in the division and very indicative overall of the kind of racing they're going to have here at Belmont Park on Saturday. Well, uh, we're blessed to have Marty McGee with us. Uh, he's an Eclipse Award-winning writer. And all I can say is, Marty, I think without a doubt, uh, from your view in the press box from Belmont Park, you're going to be witnessing numerous Eclipse Award winners uh, running around Big Sandy on Saturday. Thank you so much for being with us, Marty. Anytime, John. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, you know I'm not shy about dialing your number. That's Marty McGee, (laughs) Eclipse Award winning writer from the Daily Racing Forum. And up next, a guy that's juggling a whole lot of balls right now with the Daily Racing Forum, our friend that's been on with us many times, Dan Illman. You're listening to Winning Ponies, the Belmont Edition. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with us, one of our most popular guests, Dan Illman, the Daily Racing Forum handicapping editor and host of uh, the, the Daily Racing Forum news desk. And it looks like his duties, besides from being an excellent writer, uh, have grown because now he is uh, appearing on uh, a new feature on the Daily Racing Forum's website called Belmont. Well, today it was called Now with Belmont Stakes Call. And um, I'm hoping it's a series that will continue uh, with, with some of the bigger races on the uh, the Naira scene that he covers so well. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. It's always nice talking with you, especially before these big events. And it doesn't get any bigger than a triple crown on the line. No, it doesn't. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, your your conversation with with Matt Bernier today. Um, is this something that I mean the, the form just keeps you exp- expand so much you blew the place up two weeks ago, but uh, it just seems to be expanding with more and more services uh, for those of us that enjoy the sport of kings. Um, is, is this something that might be implemented implemented for some of the major races on a regular basis? Oh, we hope so. We hope to reach out to all of our customers, and this way in this call, they can call up and listen to us in real time, analyze the race, and of course, we're going to be doing our regular uh, video recaps and also previews of the graded stakes races and the race of the day, and we're very excited about DRF Live, where uh, all of our riders will be on on uh, the scene at, uh, at Belmont on uh, tomorrow and Saturday. Uh, They'll be giving you their insights in real time all through the day. We'll be incorporating live video later tomorrow and all day Saturday. So uh, you're going to want to stop by DRF Live and uh, live.drf.com. When you're watching the races, uh, just keep it on and keep refreshing, and you'll have all of our handicappers at the uh, tip of your fingers. Yeah, you know, uh, they asked for feedback on that, and I sent it in, and Mandy Minger says, do you mind if I use a quote of yours? I said, no, please do. And, and what, I, uh, what I said that day and what I'll tell our listeners is it's like being in the press box with some of the top handicappers and writers all day long, and it's just like you're sitting there, and you guys, I, I, I know it's laborious. There's no doubt about it. It takes you away from some other things. But uh, the information that just comes in, in, in real time and popping up there is fantastic. So I'll tell our listeners, uh, I don't know if you've ever had a press pass to be in a press box on a day when there's a huge races going on, but DRF Live gets you right there. And, and let me tell you, these guys are working their butt off to bring you fresh information. 
appreciate the plug, John. And yeah, DRF Live, we're trying to incorporate all sorts of different uh, different strategies, extra wagering strategies. Maybe if there's a bias in play, we can inform our viewers, uh, get down in the paddock, see which horses are looking good, which horses might be washed out or not fit. Uh, as much information as possible to help the better, and I think that's key as it gets closer to post time, getting more timely, getting more live. Well, uh, while we just had uh, uh, Marty McGee on from the Racing Forum, and he's from uh, the, the Heart of Racing in Louisville, uh, you, you're from you know, the, the Brooklyn area and have been covering New York racing. I, I just wanted to ask you, uh, and I know you're a much younger uh, uh, Turk than me, um, can you tell me that you've witnessed live your, your favorite Belmont? Wow, my favorite Belmont. Now, this is going to be a crusher to a lot of folks out there uh, that loved Funny Side and were hoping for a triple crown that year. But boy, was I Empire Maker's biggest fan. I have to tell you, I loved him in the Derby. I had a huge future bet on him from a long time before the Derby. Came up with a little foot. He had a bad attitude. He had a wide trip. And Funny Side, the plucky New York bred of all horses, had a perfect trip and beat him. At the Belmont, I was torn. I wanted to see history. I wanted to see Funny Side win the Triple Crown. But I also wanted Empire Maker to vindicate himself and in a small way vindicate my belief in him. And Empire Maker came through in the Belmont. In the rain, if I recall, it was a pretty pretty uh, lousy afternoon weather-wise, and I remember all the fans leaving dejected. Maybe they won't leave dejected on Saturday afternoon because this horse, he's looking pretty good. You know, he really is, and uh, you as, as uh, a, a patron of the sport and as a writer and somebody that has a passion, I mean, seriously, the, the storyline behind California Chrome is it's made for Hollywood. I, I mean, so many people, and I talk to a lot of the wise guys that want to beat this horse, but every one of them puts the caveat in saying, well, number one, I hope California Chrome wins <laughs> and blows my bat, and then they'll go on to say who else they like. I mean, it's got to be pretty exciting and pretty electric for you being right there on the scene. Oh, it certainly is. And you're not a racing fan if you're not rooting for this horse to win, whether you got a bet on him Saturday afternoon or not. What he's done is remarkable. The story is remarkable. The Rex to Riches Cinderella story. However you wanna however you wanna sugarcoat it. It's not necessarily has to be the sport of Kings, John, in California Chrome, blue collar bloodlines, blue collar connections. This is a gold-plated horse, however. His form cycle, the last six races, including the Derby and the Preakness, just perfection. Uh, it, it absolutely is. Now, I'm not there, but luckily through uh, the eyes of, of videographers and through uh, the, the racing reports that I, that I get from Mike Welsh uh, off, off the Racing Form site, uh, it sounds like this horse has just held his flesh together, and it seems like he, even though he's a West Coast horse, he's just relishing the strip at Belmont. I mean, it's really amazing. You'd think that those races in the Derby and Preakness would have at least taken something out of it, not to mention his big figure races in the Santa Anita Derby and the San Felipe. But he seems to have held his flesh. He looks good. He seems like the same horse going into the Preakness and the Derby. And the question, as it always seems to be with the Belmont, is it may not be the other horses. It might be the distance. I mean, they don't call it the test of the champion for nothing. In this day and age of breeding for speed and milers, a mile and a half really is the test of the champion. Uh, absolutely, and, and we've seen um, many a great horse that, that just couldn't do it. And, and also we've seen the, you know, the way that uh, 
Belmont sets up because you can get disoriented as a rider. Now, I know uh, Marty was telling me that I believe Victor Espinosa won a race uh, earlier on the card. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. So he has been in town. He's throwing out pitches. He's being on Letterman. Um, he, he just hopes he's well-rested enough to, to kind of figure this race out. Uh, and you know, again, you're going to have these rested horses coming at you, and as you know, I I believe there's been something like 16 winners of the Belmont Stakes that raced in the Derby, didn't race in the Preakness, and then came back. And obviously, you know, freshness counts. Um, of those horses that did that, uh, who kind of rises to the top? You know, again, I, I'm 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 going to key California Chrome on top, and I guess what I'm reaching out for is who are some of the horses that have impressed you over the last two, three weeks that look like they might be blooming and may have the ability to go a mile and a half. Well, boy, you know, Tonalist, this is a really big test for him because he's so lightly raced, only four starts. He's picking up nine pounds and three furlongs off the Peter Pan, but this horse has been training very, very well. He's a horse that always has shown a little bit of potential, John. I really liked his maiden win at a mile and an eighth at Gulfstream. He then ran on the Fountain of Youth undercard in that loaded optional claiming race. It was a speed-favoring track. He chased Constitution, who came back to win the Florida Derby, finished ahead of Wicked Strong, who, of course, won the Wood. And then after that race, unfortunately for Tonal, is some bad luck, a lung infection, some feet problems. He was training in bar shoes, and we didn't know what we were going to get in the Peter Pan out of Tonalist, and what we got was his best effort yet. So we know he likes this track. I know a lot of folks think that the Tappets, maybe nine furlongs is the farthest they want to go, but this horse has some pleasant colony blood on the bottom of his pedigree. He's been training very well. He's got that tactical speed that I think is so important in the Belmont, and we're going to find out how good he is. Eight to one isn't exactly a great price when you're trying to beat a triple crown aspirant, but I think this horse has a lot of ability. Absolutely, and uh, I, I know it was a, it was a sloppy track in in his last effort, but uh, I, I thought it was a good one. And let's face it, uh, you know, uh, he if you, if you look at his buyers, which I'm a believer in, I mean, this horse has just gone gotten better, better, and better. And as we know, the Peter Pan, as I recall, uh, refresh my memory, this was a great springboard for a lot of Woody Stevens Belmont winners. Yeah, the Peter Pan back in the day, back in the old days, before, you know, you had to skip the Dur- the Preakness and you go from the Derby straight to the Belmont. What well, was the local prep? You got your feet wet, so to speak, over the Belmont uh, course, and I think that's very important. And, again, the horse is going to pick up a lot of weight, and he's going to pick up a lot of competition with California Chrome and some very, very good three-year-olds. A big step up in class for him because... Peter, uh, the Peter Pan wasn't very strong uh, from a class perspective, but we'll see how good he is. If he goes off at around 10 to 1 or so, and I'm not sure I'll get that, but if he goes off at 8 or 10 to 1, maybe I'll take a chance with him, but mostly for me, I'm not going to be the party pooper. I'm going to key California Chrome heavily in multi-race wagers. I use a little bit of tonalist, and maybe if I have to be a spoiler, I'll bet a couple bucks on tonalist if he gives me my price. Um, another horse that, that I find interesting, particularly at its morning line odds at twenty to one, is is General Arod. Um, I believe uh, in your broadcast today you pointed out the fact that Roman Ruler was the sire of, of Ruler on Ice. He's out of a Dynaformer mare, so I don't think distance is a question. Uh, can you throw out the Preakness Stakes after him being shuffled back? I mean, twenty to one. I think you got to keep him in your exotics. 
Now, this horse is a sleeper because, A, we know he's fast enough to win a race like this. He's one of the few horses in the field with a triple-digit buyer speed figure that earned in the Fountain of Youth. And in the first two legs of the Triple Crown, either circumstance or trip compromised him. This is a free-running horse that likes to be close to the pace. In the Derby, Joel Rosario, he read the form like most handicappers, and like most handicappers, he got it wrong. He thought there was going to be a ton of speed. There wasn't. He took General A-Rod back, and General A-Rod wasn't going to win with a clear trip. He still got in trouble late. That might have cost him two or three positions, but it was nice to see him running at the end of the race, at least. And in the Preakness, Javier Castellano had him close, and it looked like he was in a prime striking position, and just when that race heated up, just when social inclusion made California Chrome make his winning move on the turn, that was when Rhea Antonia stopped in General A-Rod's face. He was shuffled out. He lost about five lengths. To the Colts' credit, he came with a run, and he just missed third by a head. He galloped out pretty well. And I think Rosie Napravnik's going to use his speed. If you're going to get beat in one of these races, let him get beat doing what he does best. And I think we're going to see General A-Rod do what he does best, and that's going to be on or near the lead and get a clear trip this time around. Which I think is is very important. We're getting ready to go to break, but so many people over the years, my brother Bob, who was an excellent handicapper, would point this out, that they'd say, oh, man, here was the horse that he's the come-from-behind horse. He he closes late. He's going to love a mile and a half. You know, he did it in the Derby or whatever. Those horses don't win the Belmont. You've got to be pretty much on or near the pace when they turn for home. I mean, historically, am I right or wrong? Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, and that might not bode too well for Commanding Curve, who is that one-run closer from the back of the pack, who made an eye-catching move to finish second in the Derby. But he's going to have to come from way out of it at a mile and a half from the Belmont. It's going to need a lot of pace help. Absolutely. Well, we're talking with Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Dan alluded to uh, some of the uh, multiple bets that are available. And I know that uh, he's been handicapping from listening to him. And so maybe we'll uh, turn the clock back and uh, take a look at the, the, the Manhattan or the Met Mile, uh, the Just a Game, whatever can kind of make you money. If we really think California Chrome is the horse to key on, there might be a way to make some money with some of these other races. We're going to take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Yeah. 
Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum, handicapping editor, uh, host of the Daily Forum News Desk, and uh, a, a new uh, feature uh, where they're featuring some of the top races, and he's bringing in handicappers to get it to you. I telling you, tune in. You've got it. You've got to check him out. He's good. And also, I noticed that they're running almost like full page ads with you as like a male model. Have you seen that stuff? Well, I'm so embarrassed by it, but you know something? They, they just can't keep my good looks out of the paper no matter how hard they try. <laughs> well, it's nice to know you've got a backup job if something happens at the farm. <laughs> yeah, hopefully something doesn't happen. Though. I, don't, I think the work's hard to find. Well, um, you, you mentioned uh, multiple wagers, and obviously they're going to be all over the place uh, at, at Belmont this week, and I know our listeners are, are, are looking for that, particularly if everybody's settled in and that uh, key in California Chrome, if possible. But uh, you've certainly got some other challenges in there. And uh, uh, first of all, sounds like uh, early in the week they were talking bad weather. Now we're talking good weather, right? Oh, we're looking pretty good. I mean, it's been humid. There's you know, always been the threat of a little shower, but I think that's all behind us right now. And fingers crossed, hope I don't jinx anything, but hopefully we'll be fast and firm. And it looks that way right now from the forecast. Okay, well, fast and firm, the, we got the grade one Manhattan, a million dollars on the line. It's the race preceding the Belmont, and uh, just an amazing quality field when you put that kind of money up, and uh, it, it, it's just brought together a, a fantastic field. I see even the odds maker had a hard time making anybody the hard and fast favorite in here. Of course, you've got uh, Shug McGahee's Imagining. Uh, you've got this uh, this Irish bred Grandeur who's going to get laces for the first time with Gary Stevens up. I know Seek again. How can you, how can you not like a horse that uh, just barely got beat by the by the horse of the year? And then uh, right behind him, maybe a wise guy horse at fifteen to one, and Kaigan, if you can say that. So I, I forget on the presentation which one of these you you, you mentioned. Uh, I know Matt mentioned Seek again. Uh, I forgot who you came up with, Dan. Well, uh, again, I'm going to key three horses. I'm going to key Seek again because of the race he ran against Wise Dan. He's an up-and-comer. I'm going to use Grandeur with the Lasix on. How many times have we seen European horses improve drastically with Lasix for the first time? But my key horse, my A horse in my DRF ticket maker play, the bulk of the money is going on Real Solution, and I know that might seem a little bit silly since this horse has a tendency to hang, but if you want to take anybody out of the Man of War at Belmont on May 11th of imagining Real solution in grandeur i want real solution there was no pace in that race he made this big three four wide move on the turn and then unfortunately for real solution he showed up in the stretch he showed his true colors and it might be a little yellow a little chicken hearted he finished second but he's going to get pace this time around this is my last chance with real solution if he doesn't get it done here i might be done with him for good but five iron chamois they ensure a pretty good pace I'm giving Real Solution one more try, third off the layoff for Chad Brown. I think pace makes the race, and I think this time it sets up for Real Solution. 
Well, it, it, it's just a it's, uh, field full of, of class and quality. I can't tell you how many tickets I've torn up on Boisterous. It seems like this horse uh, is just his own worst enemy. For some reason, he somehow seems to get himself behind a wall of horses in, in many races, but he's obviously got a lot of good back class. You don't earn $1.4 million without it. Um, and, and he's listed at 8 to 1 in the morning line. So, yeah, I'd say if you're making multiple wagers, this is a race where you, you're probably going to have to stretch out a, a little bit because if you do like Real Solution, you got to like the horse that beat him last time in, in imagining and Shug, Shug McGee didn't just fall off the turnip truck. Well, prior to that race, uh, we've got a race that was moved to make this uh, perhaps historically one of the greatest days ever in racing in new york uh the the, the met mile was moved here of course so we're looking at one thousand one million two hundred fifty thousand up for grabs i believe we have last year's belmont winner in there palace malice i guess the bullet's on his back dan Oh, the bullet's certainly on his back, and from the rail, it's going to be on his back from the get-go because they have no other choice but to send and try to get off the rail early. There's a lot of speed in the Met Mile, and Palace Malice is obviously the horse to beat. It'd be foolish not to use him in your multis, but I'm taking a big swing against him with shaking it up. This is a horse that looked good, winning the Malibu at seven furlongs last year, coming from off the pace, and then he doubled up, winning the Strube at a mile and an eighth. And last time out at Churchill Downs, I think that... He moved prematurely. He made this big, eye-catching, wide move on the turn from mid-pack all the way up to the leaders. And then he just couldn't get by a sharp or central banker who was really on point for that race and tight. And he, he ran very, very well to shaken it up. He has a strong burst. I think it needs to be a measured burst, however. And I think Rosie Naprobn is just going to take this horse back from the from the get-go, hope for a fast pace, and make that last run. And if, if Palace Malice isn't paying attention late, shaking it up is going to take him in the stretch. I really have a lot of confidence in this horse. Well, 6-1, to one, and uh, you know, I listened to you earlier. You, you made a great case. Uh, and does the, the, the 13th hole going a mile on the grass concern you in New York? Well, it's not going to concern me too much, you know, in the Met Mile, especially with all that speed in there, because those speed horses, they're going to break away. And I think Rosie's just going to take her time with this horse, get him back down towards the inside. Of course, it's a one-turn mile at Belmont. He'll save as much ground as possible, but he's going to probably have to come wide turning for home, and that might be okay, because I think there are going to be some tired horses stopping in front of him. Palace Malice, he's a fantastic animal. I'll take nothing away from him, and i got to use him again in the Maltese. But I think the price and the values was shaking it up. Well, I, I wish that uh, that Winning Ponies gave me an hour and a half show because I could certainly use thirty more minutes of your knowledge, Dan. But my producer's telling me I've got to close this out. Thanks so much for your time, and hey, enjoy it. And I really hope you get to look out that press box winner on Saturday and, and actually witness a triple crown winner. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me as always. Good luck to everybody out there, and hopefully we get that triple crown winner. All right, we're talking with Dan Illman. I want to also thank Marty McGee. So we've got the Kentucky uh, viewpoint. We've got the New York viewpoint. And I want to remind everybody that uh, come on up to the Winning Pony site. We're giving out money for the top prize. We're paying all the way down to 12 and uh, we got prizes w- w- ranging from the cash 250 uh, to winning credits for your easy win forms. And you can get perhaps a great collector's item, a $2 winning ticket on California Chrome. Again, I want to thank my guests, 
Marty McGee and Dan Illman for joining us. And I wish you all best of luck on Belmont Day. It's going to be one of the best cards you're ever going to handicap. Remember, when you bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.